0: Sat at home last night and watched the Yokohama World Cup Triathlon, featuring New Zealand's Hayden Wild, bronze medalist from the Olympic Games in Tokyo, and hopefully one of the real favourites for the gold medal in Paris next year. He's a remarkable talent, Hayden Wild, because he's not just a world-class triathlete, but he's you know amongst the very best runners in this country. A young man who watched the triathlon at the 2016. Olympic Games in Rio and thought I wouldn't mind doing that and literally five years later wins a bronze medal not dissimilar to Rod Dixon who growing up remembers listening to the 1968 Olympics on the radio with Kip Kano Then, then four years later wins himself a bronze medal in the 1500 metres in Munich. So what makes this young man so extraordinary? Because it was an absolute dominating performance it was just at another level one of the best performances I've seen by any athlete in any world cup the only athlete that was probably missing was his great British rival Alex Yee but as I said to my next guest I still don't think Alex Yee would have beaten him yesterday his coach is Craig Kirkwood Craig joins us on the program afternoon to you Craig
1: Good afternoon. How are you, Mark?
0: Yeah, pretty good, mate. That's a, not not a bad day at the office for the coach sitting back there watching that uh, absolute demolition, and it was a demolition, Craig.
1: Yeah, it was. It was pretty uh, pretty uh, commanding performance. He delivered a, a true masterclass yesterday. It was it was uh, very satisfying to sit back on the couch and um, and watch him and deliver.
0: Yeah, I mean, if there's been one area of weakness, it's been the swim, and I tried to explain to our listeners earlier, it's a very hard sport to pick up later in life swimming, so many little subtleties that govern it. But, boy, he's done some work, and, I mean, you know, you can't win the race in the swim, but you can certainly lose it. So you've got to be pleased with the way he swam.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He showed um, glimpses over the years of of, of his swimming and his ability to swim, and he's he's really suffered... um, mostly from the first kind of couple of hundred metres, just not being able to get out hard enough and get into the wash of the fast swimmers. So he ends up in the, in the masses and gets smashed. So, um, yeah, yesterday was a good example of his ability and to, to swim that speed. Um, and he managed to get out and get clean water in the first couple of hundred metres and get on some fast feet. And, um, yet yeah, got out of the water, you know, 15 seconds back and he's always going to make the front group when that happens.
0: Yeah, who's looking after a swimming?
1: Uh, we're swimming with the Lyndburn Really uh, Swim Aquatic Centre here in Tauranga, so um, they've been uh, mon- they've been doing a swimming since day one. So um, it's been a relationship that's worked really well, and um, we just continue with that.
0: Yeah and of course Liz herself swam at the Olympic Games so um, she brings pedigree. Uh, I text you during uh, the bike Craig and you know it was treacherous conditions it was nine laps um, you know a lot of tight turns The rain was coming down so slippery road surface, a lot of white paint which adds to the slip but what I love to see in a large group like that where it's strung out and he was always no further back than third or fourth wheel is that instructions? I mean it's smart bike riding, it's the perfect place to be. Uh, I mean his racing now
1: Yeah no, he's, no, he's no fool um, when it comes to racing he you knows where he needs to put himself particularly on the bike and in, and in conditions like that even more so um, important to be near the front of that group and to stay out of trouble he said at one point he drifted um, <coughs> Excuse me, back to the middle of the group and he was just a bit terrified and made his way quickly back up to the front so um, yeah he was far more confident he can drive the pace and control what was going on and cover anything that was anything that happened so yeah perfect place to be and he, he held on to that position and rode really well really smartly
0: I mean, we are in may and we do talk often about peaking and sometimes athletes look to try and peak a little bit later in the year um, where, where is he in regards to his progression this year? Is he at peak fitness at the moment? Can he continue to build on this?
1: Um, no, I wouldn't say he's in peak performance at the moment. Um, he's certainly got some room to grow. This um, you know, Alex is not going to be an easy athlete to beat, so we've got to be prepared for that. And, um, there's plenty of um, time to work on some um, refiner things and, and just get him a little bit faster over their last couple of mm. kilometres. Um.
0: In the he's been back in New Zealand for a while he does base himself in Europe for a bit but he's been back and he has been racing he's been training with another one of your um, uh, another one of your athletes Sam Tanner who is the second fastest New Zealander ever over 1500 metres only now behind Nick Willis uh, talk a little bit about that relationship and a little bit of some of the racing that he's been doing coming into this series
1: Yes, he came back he was he back in New Zealand about maybe five weeks or so he spent in New Zealand and um, it was you know it was good to have him back and he and Sam trained really well and we've added uh, Julian Oakley to the mix uh, who's a you know very accomplished uh, wow. three yeah. five ten thousand meter runner so the three of them trained really well together for the five weeks and just delivered a huge number of kilometers and sessions together and um, yeah just the three of them working together has helped all three of them so they're all running extraordinarily well and um Yeah, so it's been, it's been great having, having that set up here in Toronto.
0: I remember talking to Gordon Walker who coaches Lisa Carrington in kayaking and saying to Gordon look are you looking to change up the way Lisa's doing things as she gets older are you having to monitor the intensity Uh, can she do more and he just simply said no look it's a fairly simple blueprint it's really just layer on layer so basically we don't change things much from year to year it's just putting those layers on top of each other you're constantly tweaking Hayden's program or is it a fairly similar template from year to year
1: well, we spent the first, um, you know, first four years or so trying to get him to the front of the race, and now that he's there, we, we tweak everything to try and get him to win these races. So um, it, it's been, there's definitely been a shift, um, and the competition uh, that he comes up against definitely dictates how we um, configure his training. And you know, he's, he's had the few years battle along with uh, Alex Yee now, and we still haven't found a, a real way to get over the top of Alex. But, um, we'll just keep tweaking and try and find a way and that's
0: all, can, that's all we can do Yeah I mean yesterday just watching him I mean, you're in 29.30 over 10k it just looked effortless, I mean at one point he was out by 30 seconds, he backed off towards the end he's got another big race in a couple of weeks um, that ability to suffer, that ability where does that come from is he just incredibly gifted um, and the mental fortitude is that something you can coach or is that an inherent quality
1: I think it's an inherent quality, but he, you know, he's just a really strong athlete, and um, he's in very good shape. And yeah, like he, he ran really well. Uh, the instruction for yesterday's run was to get off and run the first four k pretty conservative, and then, um, and then try and move away from whoever was with if he was with anyone at that point. Um, and he did that, got away from Leo, um, and ran hard to about the last lap. And I've been looking at the data this morning and. Uh, from the run, and he yeah definitely backed off. He was probably running on a four or five seconds a K for the last two and a half K than he was previously. So, um, yeah, so he definitely backed off. The decision to save his legs, he's got another one of these races in two weeks and he'll be up against Alex. So, definitely want to make sure that he's um, on top of it uh, when it comes to racing Alex.
0: You're listening to SCNZ. My guest on the programme is Craig Kirkwood, coach of triathlete Hayden Wild. Hayden Wild having a very good win yesterday at the World Triathlon Championship Series in Yokohama. Uh, in the coverage there, he's looking a lot at his watch. What's he, what's he looking at on his watch?
1: Yeah, just the pace, just making sure that he's um, on target and not going too fast or too slow. We'd kind of set down some parameters around how we wanted that run to look, and um, once he was clear, um, yeah, just instructing to not not destroy himself in the in the latter half um, if he didn't have to. So, um, and he was certainly well clear. Like you said, he's thirty seconds up at one point, and um, those boys started racing each other over the over the last kind of eight hundred meters or so and closed the gap a little bit um, down to about four seconds at the end. But you know, he was well clear and he was never going to get uh, caught on that last lap. Mm. So. Interesting.
0: Interesting just hearing the commentators, and it's the job of a commentator, is to, I guess, um, you know, look at potential scenarios and sometimes they're miles away from um, the reality or what's really happening. But is the relationship between Hayden and Alex too friendly here? Does Hayden need to... I mean, does Alex Yee live rent-free inside of Hayden Wilde's head?
1: No, I don't think so. I think... Um, yeah, no, I don't think so at all. I think he's he's determined to to beat him, and you know Hayden's a nice guy, and um, outwardly he'll be super friendly, but like on the inside he wants to win desperately. So um, no, he's he's the ultimate competitor when it comes to that. Just a nice guy, and um, it's not going to you know be addicted to a competition. So
0: I don't expect you to disclose it, but <laughs> do you you've had some time to think about Alex? You we've seen the rivalry develop. Have you? come up with a strategy? Have you come up with a plan here? Do you know how to beat them?
1: Well, we've come up with a couple of plans um, and I still don't think we've had the true opportunity to deliver that plan that we've come up with. Um, the, the races, the races that, we've, that have been done together just haven't quite unfolded how we you know, had foreseen and haven't been able to deliver the run that um, I think Hayden can deliver and I think it would be definitely a case of been I mean, good enough to beat Alex. So um, hopefully in, in Cagliari in two weeks, that'll be the case.
0: Yeah, tell us what is the race in two weeks' time, just for our listeners. So
1: it's another World Series race in, in Cagliari in Italy, uh, over the same distances that we saw in Yokohama. So the standard Olympic distance. Um, it was the first time they raced there last year. Um, Alex took the win quite comfortably uh, on the run. He ran away from his uh, countrymate, countrymate Johnny Brownlee. So um, yeah. He'll be mm. looking to go two wins from two, and we'll be looking to upset that.
0: Yeah, how important is it? I mean, we used to for a long time in the world of triathlon, the world championships was one race on one given day. Now it's sort of adopted a points over uh, your best number of races. How desperate does Hayden want to try and win a triathlon world championship crown?
1: Yeah, I mean that's one of our goals for this year. So the the objectives we set out at the beginning of the season when we kind of did our planning was that. Um, you know we want to want to win the world want to win the testament in paris um and win the world series so that's uh the two objectives so we've um kind of set about the race strategy and the race plan to try and do that obviously um we got um tripped up in abu dhabi when he had a um a mechanical um on the bike and you know wasn't able to, to ride to his full capacity so um, and deliver what, he, what we thought he could at the time. So um, we've had to kind of rejig a little bit of that, but still still on, on target now that he's got that win.
0: Triathlon Paris, I imagine it's going to be pretty flat. Yeah, with some
1: cobble. So my intention is to head to Paris um, the end of June and have a look at the course so I can get eyes on and um, get a good understanding of what it's going to look like. And um, so I can plan uh, his training around that. So um, you know, it'd be pretty critical uh, to get to get a look at that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what about yourself, Craig? Where do you draw your triathlon knowledge from? I mean, you're very good. You know, you you come from a running background. Um, you're very successful in your own right. Very good marathon runner. Um, selected to represent New Zealand at the Commonwealth Games back in Manchester. Um, and now you sort of the triathlon things evolved. You're clearly doing a wonderful job with your stable of athletes, including Sam Tenner. Uh, but triathlon's its own sport in its own right. So uh, again, um, you know, trying to balance the three disciplines, trying to get it together, and, and the importance of each three.
1: Yeah, I mean it's been a real journey for me personally um, in triathlon and in high performance athletics, and it's been um, it's been a cool journey to. Um, put the three disciplines together and and, and get things right. Um, and I think you know I think we're doing a pretty good job. So um, I'm pretty happy with the, the progress that I'm making personally as a coach, and um, you know the athletes that I coach benefit from that. So it's just cool.
0: And you've got Julian Oakley now on your stable.
1: That's correct. Yep, he's uh, been conditionally selected for World Championships uh, later in the year, so he's racing in um, Japan next weekend um, over three thousand meters to try and firm up that. Uh, selection, so um, fingers crossed he can do that.
0: Is he running hills? He is running hills. <laughs> I remember interviewing him, I remember interviewing him, he had the American coach, same one, same coach I think, that coach, Kimberly Smith, and his coach never had them That's running true. hills, didn't believe in running hills, and I just sort of sat there and thought, man, I think he should run hills, but it's not my place, because clearly he's been very successful.
1: <laughs> no, we uh, we definitely run hills, so a big chunk of the uh, build for him has been... Um, Around a, a loop that we have here in Tauranga which is called the Hilly Loop of Death. Um, so it's one of the things that he's been uh, become familiar with.
0: And what about your form, Craig? Uh,
1: very poor these days, mate. Is it? Is it? Is it? <coughs> oh, yes, sadly.
0: Okay. Hey, look, Craig. Lovely having the program. Congratulations, mate, on uh, Hayden's achievements and what you're doing at the moment, mate. As I said, I and mean, I've said to you, honestly, you know, I think you're arguably the best athletics and best triathlon coach of the country at the moment. So well done, mate.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Mark, and it's great to be on the on,
0: on here with you. 15 minutes after three, uh, you are listening to SENZ. Telephone number is 0800 A remarkable performance yesterday from Hayden Wild. Really was just completely dominant. Um, yeah, wow. I-, I was just blown away by it. I've watched a lot of World Cups. I've commentated um, a lot of World Cups myself and Olympic Games and that was impressive. Brendan from Masterton just texted in off the back of one of the comments, mate. Good afternoon, Mike. absolutely agree with you regarding swimming. It's currently learning to swim as an adult at 41, and it's not as easy as it looks, um, but we will not give up. Now, keep it up there, Brendan. It's a taught sport, so it's technique-based. So it's like a golf swing. You can play all the golf in the world you want, um, but unless you've got a good swing, you're never going to shoot a low score. And swimming is governed by... Yeah, hydrodynamics, it's governed by technique. So you can, we can make you swim fit, which is great, but to be swim fast, you've got to make little subtle adjustments. I'm often asked, and I, I still swim three times a week myself, around about 3 k, and swim in open water on Saturday morning with a group, and I'm often asked what I think is the hardest sport, and I'll say swimming, because from a young age, you're an elite athlete, you are staring at the black line and the tiles, you don't get that visual stimulation that you might get running with bike riding. Yes, you can have some brief conversations in between sets with the swimming group, but it's not like you're running along chatting or someone saying, hey, well done. Um, And because of the technical components of it, it's so hard to master. On the other side of it, it's also what we call a non-weight-bearing sport. So uh, it's not like running. You haven't got all that force going through your body. So that often means that coaches will tend to push athletes a little bit harder in swimming. So the the suffering and the hurt that goes on and the number of sessions are often more than what you'll experience if you're purely a cyclist or if purely a runner. Uh, I do encourage people to get into it, but the wetsuits uh, these days for open water swimming have really revolutionised it, keep you buoyant, alleviate some of your technical deficiencies and it is a lot of fun. Uh, but look yeah, hopefully Hayden Wild next year can change the mood of a nation and Bring us a gold medal like Hayden, uh, like Hamish Carter did back in 2004 and Bevan Doherty back in 2003. True story, true story. This, I used to coach Craig Kirkwood, ironically, briefly, for Ironman. I did Craig's program in Ironman. So there you go. Don't think you learned a damn thing from me, though. But archaic back then. Things have moved on. However, that day, he crossed the line as the fastest and first age group ever across the line, Craig. But when you've got a guy who's a 2.11, 2.12 marathon runner, and I mean requires a good run, uh, it's not that difficult, is it? But I'll say this, as a coach, you've still got to have talent to work with, don't you? You've still got to have talent. You can't do donkeys into thoroughbreds.